Hi, and welcome to the Annex Podcast Elevate YM Edition. We're a youth group at the Building Christian Fellowship that believes that you can have a real and relevant relationship with Jesus, even at a young age. And we pray you enjoyed this message from last Thursday. Give me a thumbs up if you're like, yeah, I'm down. Okay. Some of y'all are like, uh, I've been doing online school for like a year now, and I got all good grades. So I'm cool where I'm at. Nah, man, these are different times. Like, little did we know a year ago, we're almost meeting like a year of time coming in March that we would still be in quarantine or still be in some form of lockdown. But man, God is still good, amen? Let's get right to the word tonight. I'm praying that tonight's word engages you in such a way that you can remember it, hide it in your heart, and really apply it to your lives. So Ephesians chapter 4. If you got your Bible on your phone, I want you to raise it up once you got your uh, Bible app open. If you got a physical Bible, like I've been recommending over the past couple of weeks, man, if you got time to, to, to pay for HBO Max and watch the new Mortal Kombat that's about to come out, or the new King Kong movie that's about to come out, or, or pay for the new games, the least you can do is go out and get a Bible, amen? And it's for free on your phones. Get you a Bible for yourself. If you don't have a Bible, we have a Bible up here for you to read watching online. Thank you for joining us for service tonight. If you know somebody that needs to get invited and be here in here with service with us, make sure that you do that. Right after the service, after the word, we're having after parties. So, so a room with the guys, room with the girls. If you can't be with us here in person, just text uh, Eric or I or DM one of us and then we'll send you the Zoom link. All right. So Ephesians chapter four, starting from verse 17. And then the, the, the author of this book and this and it's actually a letter to the church in Ephesus back in that time. So Ephesians chapter 4 says, With the Lord's authority I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Somebody say the Spirit. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Verse 24 says, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy can elevate say amen the title of tonight's message is truth or dare truth or dare now i've been working out for some time now and for those of you guys that come to the the spot what's up how y'all doing hope you guys aren't too sore over the past couple weeks but i i tend to look online at like different workout videos different boxing videos because we do a little boxing at the spot uh Look at just some like philosophies and things that different people are doing. And I came across these two individuals, these two guys, and, and what they seem to be doing is good. It's working for them. And rather than just talk about it, I wish, would much rather show you. So, Noah, can we get that video real quick of my friends that we talked about? Let's get that volume up. Wow, wow. So what do you guys think? You guys I think I should follow their regiment? No, they're yoked, you know what I'm saying? Hold on, let me, let me read the article that, that pertained to this video, all right? 49-year-old Tony 
the Hulk, Geraldo, and Conan, Pereira, use harmful chemicals since adolescence, and they claim this helped them achieve such impressionable external results. The brothers inject the, chemically, the chemical cyclically twice a week with a five-day break. Now, each of Gerardo's convex biceps in coverage has a size of more than 70 centimeters. That's about a little over two feet and some inches. While his brother can boast of biceps that are 63 centimeters, which is about two feet. It is not at all surprising that their main inspirer is Arnold Schwarzenegger. In particular, they're delighted with, role, with his role as Conan Barbera. Not so long ago, the bodybuilding physician insisted that they stop making injections of the drug as those injections affect their health, and also because their skin can no longer stretch. Note that Potinae B12, which is the injection that you saw in the video, is used only for animals for veterinary purposes, okay? It's used for animals for veterinary purposes, mainly applied to horses, but in Brazil, there is an increase in the number of people who inject this kind of dope to become bigger and faster. As for the Pereira family in particular, the wife, whom he met at the gym, and his seven children, they fully support the man in the desire to look, to look powerful. Now, actually be powerful. You watch the whole video. They weren't putting up more than 135. <laughs> That's not much if you don't work out. That's not very much. Especially for the size that they are, it's not very much. And so it says... He's the father of three children. He's married for 27 years, and his wife, oh, let me go back, desired to look powerful. Gerardo's situation, that was the bigger guy, is different. He is the father of three children. He's married for 27 years, and his wife does not agree that her husband will continue to harass himself with unnecessary injections. His family has always been particularly concerned about the fact that Gerardo uses Potinae B12 because he has high blood pressure, to which he told his wife that she can live with him or quit. Tony says, my wife does not like this. However, I am pleased with myself. She must accept me this way, or we have to part ways and go different ways. Usually, I tell my wife that she is the only one who does not love me. Other women like my size. They like it. Once we passed near my gym, and I told her, look, if you don't want to be with me, there are a few more girls who want it. And then I pointed out to her all the girls who came to talk with me. Now, I wasn't serious about following this regimen. I just want to make that clear real quick. I'm not injecting horse tranquilizers into my arms or legs. You look further in the video, like these dudes didn't even take the chance to work on this part, like the dad bod part. Like they're all in the camera, like flexing and doing everything. And like the, their biceps are huge and they're like deformed and like they... They, they, they injected their thighs, and it's like all dad bod in the middle. It's like, you're doing this all for show. And it's really interesting to me, right, that they saw something at their adolescence, and they saw something that might be good for them, something that might be beneficial for them, but they didn't see what was going to happen to them in the long run. They didn't see the adverse effects that was going to happen to them in the long run. Because, yes... The stretching of skin might be uncomfortable, but it's something that might be bearable, maybe. Yeah, you might have a little heart trouble, but what they didn't know is because this is something that is made for animals, it's attacking, attacking every single one of their vital organs. Their livers are failing. 
Their kidneys are failing. All these vital organs are failing. You know what they told the doctors and the people that tried to judge them? They said, well, we got it under control now. We used to be a lot worse, but we got a little bit better now. This is the point I'm trying to make tonight is, look, in life, there are usually two choices. And I hate to make it real small. I hate to make it seem so simple. But, but in many lives, there's two choices. It's either truth or, or dare to choose away from God. Either you choose God, who is the truth, the way, the life, or you choose away from him. And let me share something with you. Just because you think that you got things under control and then that you maybe reference God every now and again, and, and I'll choose God in my way on these parts, and I'll choose God on these parts, that you've chosen against God. Because there aren't many ways into righteousness. There aren't many ways into being a good person. There's only one way. There is one truth. That's the reason why I have the title of this message, Truth or Dare. That's, the, that's, that's life's decisions. Do I choose the truth? The thing that God has set before me, his word, the thing that, thing that stands true and, and stands the test of time, or do I dare go against God and choose from away from him? Because listen, our great, 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 grandma and grandpa, Adam and Eve, dared to choose away from God after he told them not to do a certain thing. And in that situation, what they do? God said, look, you can eat anything in the garden. Just don't touch this tree right here. Don't touch the, the knowledge of good and evil. And you know what the choice that they made when they chose to eat from the, uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil? They said to themselves, we know what's good enough for ourselves. God is good. We'll leave it alone. We think we know what's best for our lives. But as believers, listen, I'm not talking to people that don't know God like the scripture was saying. I'm not talking to people that, that haven't had an experience with Jesus Christ and, and haven't been in church for a while. You guys know God. So if you, you claim to know God, if you claim to have him in your heart, let's start living like it. Rather than us trying to claim to be Christians and, and maybe you were raised in church your whole life or, or maybe you've been going to church consistently for, for a short amount of time now, but let me share something with you. If you truly claim to be Christian, if you've truly been transformed by the power of God, there's going to be fruit in your life. If you truly believe that God is your Lord and Savior, you're going to allow him to be Lord of your life, Lord of your decisions, Lord of your thoughts and your motives and your will. It's not just a matter of you saying, well, I'm a Christian, and then that's it. No. Because you think you're a Christian, and you haven't received Jesus Christ into your heart and allowed him to be your Lord and Savior, when you get to see him face to face, he's not going to say, hey, it's going to be depart from me. I never knew you. Because you talked a big talk, and you talked like you knew God, but you only knew of God. You only made it seem like, like, like you were connected, but you never knew him for yourself in the first place. And this isn't a message to, 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 to make you guys feel bad about your life. This isn't a message to bat you, but this is a message to encourage you. That look, we all have fallen short of the grace of God. We all sin. We all make mistakes. But we should be encouraged, like Philippians chapter 3 says, to continue to press towards the mark, to the upward calling of Jesus Christ. That look, even pastors make mistakes. Even leaders make mistakes. And I'm sure that you guys make mistakes too. I know you guys are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, and you're perfect and all. But at some point, at some time, we all fall short. And I got three points for you guys tonight. Turn me down a little bit, bro. I got three points for you guys tonight. 
This microphone's falling apart. It's all good. Our first point is this. Sin offers deception. Christ offers truth. Somebody say it with me. Sin offers deception. From the top. Sin offers deception. Christ offers truth. Look at your neighbor and say, sin offers deception. Christ offers truth. Listen, sin offers deception. What's good on the surface isn't what's good in the end. What, what seems like it's good and, and, and it's, and it's going to help me on the surface isn't what's going to be good in the end. The Word of God says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So many times we look at sin, and let's define sin for just a second. When we look at sin within the, Christians, the Christian understanding and the Christian worldview, but when we look at sin of its original meaning, it means to miss the mark, like an archer. Anybody ever seen like, like, like Katniss Everdeen or, 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 or what's the dude from D.C. Ivy? Arrow? I don't know. DC's trash. I don't watch it. But any, any type of Hawkeye, all the different people you know that shoot arrows, imagine somebody shooting an arrow and hitting the target every time, right? You ever seen those movies where they, they hit the, the bullseye and then they split the bullseye and they split that bullseye? That's hitting the mark. But when it comes to the term sin, it means that you're aiming for the bullseye and you miss. You're aiming for the point. You're aiming for the mark, and yet you miss. The standard, the person that has hit the perfect bullseye, the, the, the person that was completely righteous is Jesus Christ. And at any point in time, we try to make a decision that's away from God. It's us missing the mark. You guys following me? That look. We don't live by a subjective standard that your truth is your truth. Whatever is good to you is good to you. Oh, man, I'm not judging. If you believe in God, man, as long as that works out for you, just don't push it on to me. I'm good. When in reality, the, the, the people that think that they're good without God are so far from the truth, they're so consumed in their darkness, they don't know what the truth is in, in reality. So it's important that we, that we recognize that any choices that we make away from God's will, any choices that we make away from God's word, is it, it, deception. Because how many times do you think that you're doing just a little task? I'm like, well, God, I got this. I don't got to pray about this. I can take care of this. God, God, I don't, need, I don't need to go to God for this. I can take care of this little thing. I can just watch this movie with my friends real quick. It'll be cool. I know it's rated TV, MA, but, but, but I got it handled. I've been in my word. I know it's a rated R movie, and, and, and I know there are things like, I've seen rated R movies before. I can handle it. I'm on my Instagram all the time. I can scroll through the browse page. It's just a couple of girls. It doesn't bother me. But, but, but the second that, that you, you steer away from the plan God has for your life, the, the second that you make this little differentiation or this little di bitty movement down the road, it might seem like it's a little movement at first, but next thing you know, you're so far off the path you're so far off the point that, 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 that you're so far in darkness that you don't even know it. It was interesting. We were reading this book as, as a staff here at the church called Transformational Discipleship. And it was talking about the drift. It was talking about those subtle choices and decisions that lead us away from the path of God. 
that there is nothing too small for God. There's nothing too big for God. God wants a relationship with you in which you trust him and have the faith in him and say, look, I bring everything to God, no matter how big, no matter how small. God, I know it's a snack, but I'm still going to give you a, a thanks for it. I know it's just a quick little whatever, but I'm going to give you thanks for it. God, I know I, know I have the opportunity to have health in my lungs and I have a, have a body and be able to walk and talk and have all my functions, but God, I'm going to give you praise for it. God, I might only have two pairs of shoes, but I'm going to give you praise for it. God, you know what? Thank you for all the relationships that you've given me. Thank you for all the, the friendships that I've been able to develop. But God, give me the wisdom on how to handle these relationships. God, give me the, give me the wisdom on how to handle my relationship with, with my friend that is the opposite sex. God, keep me in a place where I don't fall short. This is the type of relationship that we have to have. That, that, that sin may, may, may seem good in the beginning. It may seem enticing. It might even offer momentary pleasure. But the wages of sin is death. The, 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 the beginning of sin might seem innocent and good and pleasurable and something that might seem like it might satisfy you. But it ultimately ends in death. Christ offers truth. I love the story of, of the, of the, of the uh, Samaritan at the well. And Jesus says, if you never want to thirst again, I can give you water where you'll never be thirsty again. This well that you keep trying to pull from, this, this well you keep trying to draw from, you're constantly having to keep coming back. But there's this certain well that I have for you that you'll never have to thirst again. That, that, was, that was a beautiful picture on, on how life is when we choose away from God. When we choose the things of this earth. When we seek after relationship with people rather than relationship with God first. That, 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 that even, even as a young person, I know there's, there's pressures in being in a relationship. There, there's pressures and there seems like there's, there's a significance in being in relationship. But I believe in Matthew chapter 6, it, it clearly says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things shall be added unto you. That God understands your needs. That God sees your loneliness. That God sees the things that you lack. So, so, so here, here's just a nugget. I know a lot of you guys are younger in middle school, but keep this in your heart. Hide this in your heart so that when you get older and when the opportunity comes, you refer back to the word. It's this. I want to seek a relationship with God before I seek a relationship with anybody else. Because I recognize that only perfect love comes from above. Bars. Only perfect love comes from God. And if I want to equip myself to be a better friend, if I want to equip myself to be a better husband, if I want to equip myself to be a better father, I have to learn the love that God gives so that when I come into these relationships, when I, when I, when I arrive at these relationships, I'm arriving as a whole person and not a broken person. Listen, listen, when, when, we, when we idolize certain things of this earth and put things in a place where God should be, that's, that's idolatry. That's what the folks were doing back in the Old Testament. And when we, idol when we uh, uh, idolize marriage over a relationship with God, we got things out of order. When we idolize making money over the things of God, we got things out of order. Not realizing that God is the one that gave us breath in our lungs in the first place to go get the money. You have to put things into perspective. Sin offers deception. And what I mean by that is, look, the choices that we make on our own, the choices that we make with our own wisdom, the choices that we make with our own understanding is sin. It falls short of the grace of God. 
But, but praise God, he offers us the truth. He offers us life, abundant life through Christ. Christ offers us truth. That first point is sin offers deception and Christ offers truth. Our second point is this. Sin brings corruption while God's spirit offers renewal. Sin brings corruption while God's spirit offers renewal. I talked to you guys about life is really reduced down to just two choices. Either you choose the truth in Jesus Christ or you dare to choose away from him. So it's important, and I have this question for you guys. Which one are you submitting to? Which one are you submitting to? Because the word of God says that they even the demons believe and yet they tremble. That even the demons believe that God is real and yet they're not submitted to him. That you can believe God is real all you want to, but if you're not submitted to him, it doesn't make any difference. You can come into church, and I'm glad you guys are here. This is the biggest group we've had in a couple of weeks. But until you submit yourself to God, until you put yourself under his lordship, under his guidance, it's all for nothing. So here's the encouragement I'm trying to make. Look, I'm happy that we can get together and, and hang out and, and talk and see people in person and not over a Zoom call or a FaceTime call. But we don't do this just to get together. Listen, I love fellowship. I love hanging out with, with the boys. I love uh, seeing my little sisters. But it's important that in all that we do in this ministry, we're doing it so that we can lead you to Jesus. And by the point when we lead you to Jesus, it's up to you and what you're going to submit to. You can show up. I'm happy that you're here. But, I, but even more so of you showing up, I want you to be submitted to the will of God. That we recognize that, look, although sin, all of the choices that we make away from God seem like a good idea, they only lead in corruption. Ephesians chapter 4, let's go back there, Noah, 4 verses 18. It says when it was talking about the Gentiles, and Gentiles were, were, was a word that they used to describe all the people that weren't Jewish, all the people that weren't a part of the original like, like, like fold and like the disciples and stuff like that. They were the people that were from like pagan uh, countries. They were like the Greeks and the Romans and all the people that believed in all the other things. But the way that I was describing them is this. He's talking to a church in Ephesus. These are people that were Gentiles that were away from the fold of the Jewish people, and yet they came to a knowledge of who Jesus was. So now that they're saved. And the point that Paul is trying to make is like, look, I know you're in this world. I know you are surrounded by corruption. I know you're surrounded by all these bad things. But remind yourself that you're not, you're, you're not, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're in this place amongst corrupted people. There might be family members and friends and people you've known for a long time, but you've come to a knowledge of who Christ is, so your life should be changed by that. And this is how he describes those Gentiles. He says this in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 18. He says, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Not some kinds, not a little bit of the kinds, every kind. Does someone say every kind? Every kind. That they had gotten so far away from God that, that look, anything goes. That they were so lawless, that, that they were so without guidance and without wisdom and without leadership that they, they, they went for anything. 
that, 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 I, I remember a passage in Romans chapter 1. It was talking about basically the relationship between God and man. And man had gotten so corrupt that God was like, look, I'm not going to force you to choose me. So I'm going to let you go about your business. And guess what happened? Things didn't get better. They got worse. Although things were going good and, 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 and it might have seemed earthly success and things might have been kind of going swell and all things were going good and all that. But men's heart had gotten so corrupted that they literally stood for create them for. They were doing things that, that they weren't even built for. I encourage you to open up Romans chapter 1. It's a really, Romans is a really dense book of a lot of good doctrine and theology. But Romans chapter 1 opens up a picture like, look, even, even as, as good as we think we are as Christians, if we go on our own road, we'll go to a very dark place. You'll do things and you'll say things and you'll think things that you never thought you would get to. That's how corrupt this nature is without God. It's, it's almost like, you, you, I know most of you guys don't drive, but it's almost like following a faulty Siri device, like a faulty Siri like, can we cue that real quick? Let's bring the volume up. Now imagine this. Noah, Noah, go ahead and cue it. Turn left, I think. Yeah, definitely turn left. Okay, let's turn left, I guess. At the stop sign, make an illegal U-turn. Trust me, John, you won't get caught. All right, guess we're going to make this U-turn. The police is behind you, John. Slowly reach for your seatbelt before we get caught. Okay, seatbelt's on. All right, In 7,923,478,293 feet, your destination is over on your left somewhere. I will let you know when we get there, dude. Don't trip. Okay, Siri, don't the speed far. limit is 25 miles per hour. Right. But according to my calculations, if you drive 100 miles per hour in this school zone, you'll get to your destination four times as fast. All right, bet. You're going to make a left, a left, another left, a right, through a roundabout, and your destination is on your left, right? Can you imagine, Siri, that's supposed to be a trusted source, something that you think that is good, leading you in such a way? Like, uh, I think you make a turn right here. I, I, I'm pretty sure in a, in a couple billion feet somewhere, I'll let you know, you're going to make this decision right here that, I don't know, maybe, you know, just, just hang out with her tonight. I know you guys are going to be alone. Let, nothing will happen. You've been in church for a long time. You, you're saved. You won't make any decisions. If it goes there and you guys get physical and she decides to want to have sex, why not? You're getting older, right? Well, 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 well. Weed, is a, weed is legal in California, right? It's okay to smoke it. It's just a little weed. Oh, come on, man. The whole family drinks alcohol. They won't ever even know if you just take a little sip out of the cabinet. Living a life that's lawless. Living a life that, although it might seem like it's good on the surface, is not good to me in the end. That anything on this earth that separates me from God, anything on this earth that, that, that takes the place of where God is supposed to be is idolatry and therefore a sin. And in reality, when I choose to make my own decisions, when I choose to, to, to choose my goodness 
as my standard and as, as the rudder to my life that is this crazy ocean, then I've idolized myself. I've made myself God, saying I know what's good and best for myself. That we might not openly and publicly say it, the words might not ever come out of our mouths, but you know what happens is, is, is we are led by our own decisions, basically telling God, God, I'm the one that's righteous enough and good enough to make this decision for myself. That God, I'm the one that's righteous enough and, and smart enough and wise enough to make this decision for myself. Not realizing in his word, he gives us all guidance on what we should be doing in our lives. That listen, sin brings corruption. Choosing away from God only brings more bad choices. But God's spirit is the one that offers renewal. That in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20, it says this. It says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. The ones that have been saved, the ones that have been set free, the ones that have been redeemed. Since you have heard about Jesus and have returned the truth that, and learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit, capital S, is talking about the Spirit of God. Spirit, renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. It requires us to be submitted to the will of God. It's cool that you think he's real. It, it, it's cool. I mean, everything on this earth, the creations that we see around, the sky, the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, all these things speak to the glory of God and how, how awesome that he is. But until you submit yourself to him, until you come into relationship with him is where it counts. The spirit of God can renew our thoughts and our attitudes. I know you had a sinful life before. I know you had a life that you think that was far, far, far away from God. But even God can renew and redeem that old sinful life. And what he's asking us to do through his word, what he's asking us to do in Ephesians chapter 4 is this. Look, don't act like you don't know who Jesus is. Don't act like you didn't ask him to be in a relationship. Throw away that old life, that sinful life, that life that fell short of the righteousness and the glory of God. And choose the life that God has made for you. Choose the life that you've been created for. And as I come to a close... Our first point was sin offers deception and Christ offers truth. Our second point was sin brings corruption while God's spirit offers renewal. And our last point is this. A corrupt life is self-serving while a renewed life is serving others. A corrupt life is self-serving while a renewed life is serving others. In Ephesians chapter 4, as it continues on, it says this. It gives us the blueprint on how to, to lead Christian lives in a small window. It says this from verse 25. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. This is talking about the body of believers. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, Quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everyone you, you say to be, sorry, 
Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Guaranteeing, somebody say guaranteeing, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Paul gives us the blueprint on how to live a renewed life through God's Spirit. And if we can all stand to our feet. Now I assume for the most part we're all saved but I never want to make that assumption after a service, after any time I'm in your guys' presence, after any time we talk about the Word of God, that we're all saved, that we're all going to heaven, that we all believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died on the cross and he rose again. So here's the opportunity, the opportunity of a lifetime, the opportunity to choose, to choose truth, to choose Jesus Christ over the choices that we've been making. If you're here today and you want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, if you want to renew your relationship with Jesus Christ, that's that you raise your hand. Well enough, just raise your hand. Good, we're all saved here. That's awesome. Here's where we take it a step further. I don't know what your relationship has been like with God. I don't know how you've been leading your life. I don't know the, 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 how, how often you reference God's word or you pray or whatever the things are. But listen, because all of us are in here and have come to the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, our life should reflect that. That the word of God says that we are created in the image of God. Not that we all look, look like him, because look around for just a second. We all don't look alike. That's not what it meant. When the word is talking about us being created in the image of God, it's saying that we are meant to be in communion with him. When we look at the three persons of God, when we look at the Godhead, when we look at the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we look at Genesis chapter 1 where it says, let us create man in our image, it's saying, look, let us create man so that he can be in communion with us. That he can be connected to us. That we abide in him as he abides in us. I don't know how much abiding you've been doing, but today is the start of something new. Today is the start of, of something that's renewed and redeemed and, and made whole and made righteous because you've submitted yourself to God. Will you bow your head with me? I want you to pray fervently, fervently meaning pray with passion. That, that God's spirit will renew you. Renew your minds. Renew your hearts. That repentance as believers is something that we should be constantly putting into practice. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for being faithful. Lord, we thank you for, 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 for giving us your spirit, for it doing 
the, the, the very thing that you promised it would do. That your spirit is our comforter. God, your spirit brings wisdom to us, Lord. That, that only your spirit is the one that can renew our lives and renew our hearts. So, God, I am praying that, that we don't be self-serving, God, but we be uh, 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 servants of all the people that are around us, Lord. That we don't just claim to love you, God, but we love others by your command. Lord, I thank you for your grace tonight. I thank you for your mercy tonight, God. God, I am praying that we don't lift up anything over, over where you're supposed to be, God. No relationship, no amount of money, no thing on this earth deserves to have more glory than you do, God. You are our Lord and Savior. You are our peace. You are our strength. You are a friend when we are lonely. You are the comfort that we need when we're in pain, God. You are a healer when, when we are sick, God. And we trust you for everything, Lord. We will continue to seek after your face, Lord God, and not just your hands. And we just pray, God, that you continue to abide in us as we abide in you. That we continue to seek after your word, Lord God. So that we can be sanctified and purified and filled by you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a praise? Hallelujah. Listen, guys. I'm encouraging you. Look. Go back and read this passage in Scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verses, I think it's like 17 to 32. And just meditate on what it's saying. That you haven't come to a knowledge of God for no reason. So listen, right after this, we're going to be having the after party. Listen, I'm so excited. All the faces that I haven't seen in like 11, 12 months, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm like extremely happy that you're here. So right after service, ladies, we're going to meet in the elevate room. Guys are going to meet in here. If you're watching us online, make sure you DM myself or Erica and get connected in the, in the Zoom room. I keep calling it the Zoom room. In the Zoom connection to the after party. That's what I meant to say. Um, also, for those of you that have social media, listen, this is what I need you to do. This weekend, tonight, tomorrow, next couple of days, I want you to go on the church's page. I know y'all don't have Facebook. Some of you guys have Instagram. Go on Instagram. We're having a Q&A with our elders here on Tuesday night. If you guys have any burning questions like, I have questions about faith, I have questions about relationships, or, or I'm questioning certain things about I read in the Bible, ask. And we'll do our very best to answer those questions and to lead you in truth through love. Amen? Do that. Get that done. You got parents that, that, that attend our church, ask them to ask on Facebook. Ask them to ask on Instagram. All right? Am I missing anything? Oh, very soon, um, young men, we're having a men's breakfast next month. I thought you guys would be a little more excited. It's all good. We're having a men's breakfast next month. Um, get connected with myself after service, and we'll get you signed up. It's free this time around. Praise God. And I know they're not going to short on food. So if all needs have been met, may the Lord keep you. May he bless you. 
continue to seek after his face, you guys. Don't let, don't let Thursday night be the only night that you seek after God. I pray that your relationship is strengthened, that you're fortified in the word of God, and that every need you recognize only God can fulfill. Amen? Go with God. I love you guys. See you at the after party.